Take this man nowhere. Can't take him nowhere. We got, got Rob. <laughs> we got Rob in the building, and we got JB. Uh, party of three. <laughs> Roll up. And we and our goal here is to uh, uh, destroy the stereotype. The black men don't read because we clearly read, and if we ain't reading, we got the audible joint. <laughs> Black is hilarious. Black funny as hell. But uh, today uh, we'll be reading um, a book that was suggested by uh, JV, uh, Developing the Leader Within 2.0. It's by John Maxwell, John C. Maxwell. And uh, we we are going to go up to chapter four. I think there's a, there there's 10 chapters. So we'll probably come back and finish this next week. Um, how you guys doing, Rob? Yeah, how was how's life been? Busy as usual, but a busy day is better than a free a free day in my eyes. <laughs> busy doesn't always mean work. Yeah, I'll say that. All right, all right, all right. Black, take black. You, you, you. you where you going, man? Where, where? On my way to the island, I spent it twenty. No, I'm in a book club. I'm telling you, they say, well, I'm on. I'm about to spend the 20 at the outlet. <laughs> Your name on that list. <laughs> and what about you, JB? What's good? You know me, man. I'm just a father of two out here, man. I don't even just trying to make it to the next day. We can't we can't just stop at making it. We go we gonna prosper too. <laughs> we gonna nah, prosper good. too now. No, nah, I'm good, man. My daughter, she was out of school last week. She going back to school this week, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a, a much better day. She uh she right, keep cool, me, she cool, keep cool. me busy with work and school. But all right, well, we'll jump right into it. Uh take a close look at this i'm not gonna lie um my feelings on the book is it's definitely it's definitely a good read uh i feel like if you've experienced any adversity or you've slowly started to climb like a leadership role in any capacity from work to social life to school anything you've you you've been doing some of the things that you've seen on here but i think I think I, uh, you lose, you might lose yourself a little bit in like how easy it is to step into the role. So the first chapter talks a lot about the definition of a, of leadership. And I feel like that definition is too universal to just be uh, a paragraph. What do y'all think about uh, the book thus far? Black? You on mute, bro. You on mute. He in the chat. This nigga got the radio. Oh, okay. So your ass is on mute, guy. <laughs> All right, what about you, JV? Nah, um, like I was saying, I see, I see like some of the perspectives of leadership. This is more like after you, I feel like it's after if you if you're a business owner and you could choose the team that you lead in, you want to pick people that kind of, you can lead them in this kind of way. That's how I kind of thought about it. Yeah. Like this wouldn't be a book you could use for like, say uh, leading a family or a social, a social movement, because those people are just given to you. There ain't no, Hey, my daughter kind of fluky. So I'm going to give her back and straight her up for a better like but rob what do you think about the word leadership and 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 how it pertains to this book i think for me the definition of leadership in chapter one i kind of glazed over it hopefully we'll spend a second talking about this when he when he broke down the different types of leaders 
I felt like when I was reading that part of the chapter, it was like, oh, he re he reminds me of X. I work with a wild work with. It's like, damn, that's crazy. That's actually this is actually that person's style. Yeah, yeah, I picked up on a lot. No, of definitely, that. definitely. And yeah, what chapter was that? What was that? I'm scrolling through here. Ultimately, the definition and who this book is for, this book is, is going to speak magnitudes to the people who are trying to create a, like, if you've never uh, had to use your skill set, like, you could have the skill sets to make you a leader, but you've never had to put yourself in that role, and how, how important it is to step up to that role, because not everyone needs to be a leader. Uh, some of the most, he, I love how he brought up the fact that, you know, some of the most heinous people on the planet are the best type of leaders. Like being a leader isn't always a good thing. It doesn't mean you're a good person. It doesn't mean you have good intentions. Uh, when he brought up Hitler and like uh, Mussolini and all of them, I was like, man, that's a great ass point. Hitler was able to get a bunch of people to defy normal logic and means and do terrible things. But as from a, if you were a person who wanted to learn a leadership role, you would you would want, almost want Hitler to be a, a professor of this, regardless of his antics or his tactics, because uh, being a leader is, is a skill on itself. So, uh, just before we move on, that uh, can we talk a little bit about some people that we find uh, that we as aspire to be as leaders? Uh, who's somebody that's a leader in your eyes that you wish uh, to to follow or even surpass one day, uh, Rob? I would say, I would say, leaning off the book that one of the books that we previously read, Obama. He's the he's the embodiment of not just a, a leader but a gracious one. And he just got so much swag, man. Swag <laughs> is man, swag is unmatched. He different. All right, JV. All right, so um, so I don't say the same thing. As Rob said, because I was gonna say Obama, that was my that was the first person I was gonna go. With. I saw the look on your face. He was like, uh, uh, <laughs> "JV wanted that one." But what I go with off the court, because you know it's different on the court. You know, I'm not the biggest fan, but LeBron off the court, how he lead his his guys, and like they all gonna they all gonna do some great things and have been doing great things. So. No, definitely, definitely. And he, stopped, uh, he seemed like a cool. Dude. He seemed like a cool dude to be around. You know, he just he not Kobe, he not Mike, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Niggas nigga know I've been in like a, a gang leader forever. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, Fair enough. gangsters are hey, OGs are uh, real talk leadership leadership one on one. Trying to be like Pablo. Uh, I think for me it would be Greg Popovich. Like, I, just to sit in the room with him, good, like just to see how pe the air of respect. Like, you think about people like some of the greatest athletes into this world have even brought his name and invoked his name, and, and how he's always up on. For him to be in his age, he doesn't have to say anything. He doesn't have to do anything. He goes out of his way to be a leader, I feel like. And uh, that, that really stands out to me. But uh, in Chapter 2, we talk a lot about the key to leadership. And I want to make sure I'm getting this right. The, does anybody have the – I think he had three bullet points to the key to leadership. Um, key to leadership. Um, yeah. The eighty twenty rule. I know he talked about that yeah. in that part. The eighty twenty rule is one of them. I don't have my notes in front of me, but if uh, while I look that up, JB, can you speak on the eighty twenty rule? Yeah. So it basically say twenty percent of your activity generates eighty percent of your results, no matter what it is. Um, you know, even. 
he I, I think this was in this book. I might have remembered it from another book, but they was even like, if you think about all the stuff you got, um, really only 20% of it brings 20% of your happiness or, um, you know, 80-20 rule talking about, you know, uh, 20 percent of your efforts brings eighty percent of your income. So it really made me think about just how I'm prioritizing or urgent versus important uh, consistently. No, definitely. Um, yeah, he and uh, able to, uh, another key. The leader is able to inspire uh, people to perform well. Um, I think, uh, and Robbie, if you could help uh, speak on this, like what tactics or what standout abilities do you have to have personally or, you know, from what you grasp from the book to inspire people to work well? I think I think it starts with um, really looking out for that person outside of in terms of what they want. And what I mean by that is I feel like oftentimes leaders have this mentality of, oh, this person is under me. I own them in a sense. Whereas like, no, 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 no. You'll get the best results out of that person if that person feels like you really have their back, right? So sometimes in my profession, what I see great leaders do is they connect with the person outside of way before they need this person to do something for them and make sure that person is getting everything that they want and they need. And it builds a sense of trust and then they cash in on that trust when they need that person. Mm. Yeah, I, I, it comes to the question of like, you know, how when you see people who are working overtime and they've been complaining all day, but they know the manager going to have their back. Like, I feel uh, situations where you could lay, there's, there's definitely times like me, I'm not a person. I'm not really big on promptness and time when it comes to me. But when it comes to my patients, hey, I'm not playing those games, like, because that's someone's life on the line. But, like, if I set up a meeting for Tuesday and ain't nothing going on and you show up 20, 10 minutes, hey, bro, that's all on you. But I ain't going to repeat myself. So that's all on you to figure out where to get the information. But, yo, when, but, like, you'll never catch flack from me on those days. But you could, like, you set those boundaries. And I think uh, the third key part uh, was showing people, that you care about them, that level of compassion. And it's super difficult to be compassionate in a business sometimes, man. Like it, because ultimately our job is to make money and making money requires you to make some tough decisions and, and let some people leave some people behind, but you can always do it humanely. I I never, I always took offense to the, to the leaders who, who, who try, who actively showed that they were trying to get rid of somebody. Like, you know, they'll try and have you sign this for every little mistake. Like that's unnecessary because you can fire me any day of the week, but showing me you care takes a day to day type thing. Like you, you got to remind me early and often about the things that make me care about this job. And I feel that's super important to do in a leader. Um, another thing that uh, stood out for us is he, you know, um, <laughs> he brings this up a lot. Uh, if you're working on a career that requires outstanding personal skills, this book is like certainly designed for you besides you wanting or needing to be a leader. This book is going to be good for you. Like he talks about how he used these skills early. He developed his early like skills from being in church. Where did you guys develop some of your early skills in, uh, in leadership uh jb can you speak on like what were some of your early uh pushes to becoming a leader outside of work um i would say sports would be one of them you know just playing different positions um and leading in different ways like if i'm the only person eligible type of deal you know um leading by example doing that sort of stuff uh, we didn't always have, you know, the, the closest teams uh, at, at North on football, on the football team, but being able to lead through adversity consistently, I think prepared me to lead in other situations where it's like, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, and then a lot of it is just being placed in those situations where um, I've just become, gotten into management and 
just good with creating relationships with people. That was just something that I've always been good at and just leaned into that. Like if I can create a good relationship with you, I can tell you anything. I can have any heart. I know how to deal with you, so. No, definitely, definitely. What about you, Rob? Can you speak a little bit on what were some of the earlier steps in your leadership or where you had to show it off? Yeah, I would say for me, it probably stemmed from my facts and circumstances. And what I mean by that is so I'm one of 13. I have 12 siblings and I grew up in the same household as two of my siblings and my mom worked two to three jobs. So what that meant for us and in my mom's household, I'm the middle child. So I have an older sister and younger brother. And my mom working two to three jobs, what that meant was she was barely home, right? And she would make us like sandwiches, like this is what you're going to eat for breakfast, this is what you're going to eat for lunch, this is what you're going to eat for dinner, right? And it's like, at a certain point, you get tired of eating that. It's like, man, I want to eat that. Well, that really pushed me to learn how to cook, right? Um, and it was one time where I tried to cook some pork chops for the first time. It didn't come out good. I got scared. I think I'm like six years old, flushing down the toilet, stop the toilet up, right? But I learned a lesson. All right, cool. If, if I'm going to do this again, I'm going to throw that, that messed up pork chop out the house. I ain't going to try to flush it down the toilet. Um, and, and in that situation, they kind of show like, look, look, if I want anything or if I want to do anything, I'm gonna have to step up and be that one. So in a sense, I didn't have a choice. I had to be a leader. No, and I feel, especially, and we can talk a little bit about this as from the aspect of the, of the black community and being young black men, how leadership was forced on us because too often we heard the, 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 the antage. We have no leaders in our community. No one wants to step up. And it kind of de- it kind of deflated my mental because it was like, this is a horrible talking point to be pushing on a bunch of kids who are actively trying their best, doing their best to, you know, stand down in the community. And too often and not, you'll hear it in the news. They'll hear things saying that black men aren't great leaders. And it leads to this de- delusion. And I think the 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 book we read last week, uh the about um women uh about women what's the name of the book again the shyly book oh uh the black man's guide to yeah uh, it speaks a lot about how the news covers black people and black men and make them not uh be perceived as uh leaders so uh for us especially we we almost feel like we have something to prove whenever we get into leadership roles because we don't want to be perceived as It'd be like as a black person, you know you how since you know you gotta do way more than the next one, but when you do finally get a position, you gotta go ahead. Hey, you got but to. hey, yeah. you know that you watch I know you don't like Kevin Samuels, but did you watch that Kevin Samuels Samuel's interview on um Joe Button podcast? Yeah, I, I saw I saw the part that everyone's talking about. He made a really great point in that. He re, he made a but really I, great I, point. I watched the whole I watched the whole fucking interview. He made a bunch of great points. Oh, I'm about to tap into that after this. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, I fuck with Joe Budden, so I'm like, oh, should he have something? I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, but, I mean, we've always been told you got to go twice as hard just to get an opportunity in the first place. So when you get tapped into a leadership position, it's a lot of things at play because you also know, like, if I got this position, you nine times out of ten, you're the only black person in that position. So you like, I got to perform because if I don't, it's going to make it that much harder for the next one. And we talked about that with Obama. Like, he couldn't just go in there and do whatever he really wanted to do uh, because I got to protect this for the next black person to actually get a real opportunity. So, Yeah, a lot of people talk, like, talk crazy about it, and I was one of them. But Kamala Harris never gets to the VP position without Obama. Nah. Never. So, like, it, the imposter syndrome could be a real life thing that people are experiencing, especially black people when they get into these positions. Oh, it's a real thing. It's yeah. a real thing. It's, it's a real. It's a real thing. So, like, it's super important that you reach out and talk to. Like, I love talking to you, like you guys because you're young professionals and you also understand. Like, yo, I have to be a certain way when I'm talking to certain people. Like. Uh, when I go to work, I'm not the hero. Like, literally, if you called me at work, I'll hit you with the, hey, hello, this is Hero. How can I help you? Just, <laughs> like, that's not the hero that you that you would get on the weekend. But you gotta be, you gotta be in that zone. But I appreciate people who can respect that, you know? Um, a great quote from the book that we, uh, from the chapters, basically there, there are many books written on uh, about leadership, 
but there are not many books that talk about how to lead. And it's a lot of fluff. He even brings this up in the chapters. Like a lot of these books will put like fill its books and pages up with a nonsense statements, but ultimately it's just fluff. He kind of gets to the key of that and how important it is to step into media. The decision is, is pretty clear. You have to want to be a leader. If you don't have that in you from the get go, it ain't going to go well for you, but that's pretty much chapter two in a nutshell. <laughs> so, so ain't nobody going to call out my man's black foul here walking around looking like a Damu. The man got on a red shirt, a red mask. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Black, black is literally in his own world right now. Uh, so then for chapter three, uh, the, we talk about the foundations of a, of a leader, right? And for this one, I know uh, you said you wanted to, there were certain parts of this that you wanted to bring up, Rob. I feel like just in general, this is where a lot of leaders and people who aspire to be leaders come up short. Hmm. Um, and I say that because like back on back on making that investment in people, when I think about the leaders that I work with as well as under technically, if you think about it in terms of hierarchy, the the best leaders are the ones who I feel like the who really have my back, right? Where, for example, for me, there's this one partner, my largest client, where he literally goes out his way. And this is a this is an engagement that has about 50 to 60 people in the U.S. on this account. Right. As well as people all over the world. But for the people in the U.S., he goes out his way to make sure that he introduces himself to everyone and has a one off conversation with people, as well as he remember what you talk about. So you'll meet this guy in July, and this is a super busy dude. You'll meet him in July, and then you'll be at his house for a Christmas party in December, and he'll remember everything y'all talked about in July. And it's like, man, this dude, he really cares about what I have to say. So when it's crunch time and busy season on his engagement, I'm going to go ham for my boy. And a lot of leaders don't do that. A lot of leaders don't do that. They have this mindset that I'm the leader. You're going to do what I tell you. And it's like, nah, that's not smart, big dog. It's a, it's a merciful thing, isn't it? Like, is, is, is that the easy way? Like, you... And it really depends on, like, your leverage, I think, with your with your corporate office. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a MD in, uh, to the full. I'm a VA, I'm a specialist. But when I walk in the building, they give me that doctor said, my doctors know they not sleeping at night if I'm not there. So when I make a request for something, they have to remember, like, anytime some of them are like, no, we're not going to do it that way. And I'm like, okay, cool. Hey, you're in charge. We're doing what you say. But when it's that four o'clock in the morning, I get that call, like, uh, we ran out of Adabam. Should we give some more? Now call the doctor for that one. I don't know. Call the doctor for that one. And when you get that four o'clock wake up call, why, why is Hero there? I'm right over here. What's good? But <laughs> I told you this was coming. And then the next day, it's that, oh, yeah, I brought donuts for everybody. And Hero, Hero uh, you know, we talked about it last week. You can go ahead and do it and take that time off. You, you, you deserve it. So it's like sometimes you have to remind your leadership of why, like, it's important to share that. But I think every leader should come in with the intent of if your goal is truly to make the company better, it should be. Start. It should start with people working there, right? It, it just makes sense. Um, what other aspects of uh, leadership that, kind of, uh, from your perspective, JB, kind of elude leaders based on what we read? Uh, <clears throat> kind of like to uh, to Rob's point that that relationship, but also being an advocate, right? So, like understanding for your team or whoever's working underneath you, like people want to advance too. Uh, especially the day and age. So you're seeing a big shift in leadership because it used to be that more so like I tell you as I do or tell you what to do, you do it. And then now it's more so it's starting to shift into relationship building because you got a lot of people like our generation. You used to have a lot of people that stayed in the job for 15 years plus. Now you got a lot of people. I'll leave next week and go do something else if I don't like working for you. 
So like people having to figure out like, okay, why are people doing that? People doing that because they leave careers for promotions. They leave careers for more money. So if you're not my advocate in that in that realm, then what are we really doing here? Yeah, it, it's it's super it's super surreal because you know a big part of the reason why like there's two jobs that I two companies I really like that I was working with, and I left. Excuse me. I left. Um, I left them because the person above me was two years older than me. So I would always be chasing this position or when he hit his ceiling, that meant I hit my ceiling. And as millennials, we, we don't need, like, we have no problem packing up and going like we, you know, if we don't, if we see, if we see a situation that don't look savory to us, we out of there. And I think that uh, that aspect of us really scares us out of leadership roles because leaders see us and like, well, he's not going to stay committed, but the, but that's not the issue. The issue is you haven't found a way for me to feel valued in my position. And if you are having a hard time making leadership feel valuable, I can't imagine what you're treating the floor workers like. So I always like stick to that path of the questions of, in five years, if you ask me like a question, like I think one of the rebuttals I have for them is, so where do you see yourself in five years? That's totally dependent on this company. Like, where do y'all see me in five years? Like, <laughs> right. like right. why, why is that a question I got to answer? I'm coming to y'all. Right. But so. What's, what's realistic for me to do in five years? And I, you know, for me, honestly, I, I've come up to that because I don't, I don't give myself the, same timeline as everybody else because somebody else took three years to do something okay well i'm cutting that in half like in my head when i walk in the door and um if you're not if you're not an advocate of that or just even trying to help me get there like don't tell me what i can't do tell me what i got to do to make that happen rob can i ask a question about uh, mentorship like uh too often when i come into these positions whenever I come into a leadership role position, I always ask who will be my mentor because I'm new here. There's definitely a process and there's no one below me who you felt was sufficient enough to step up into this role. Do you seek mentorship when you go into these, look, go into these leadership roles? I wouldn't say I seek, I seek mentorship. I think even before I grew into or assumed the manager, an official manager role within my organization, I was already tapped into the leaders. And now that I'm growing and elevated, I'm just keeping them people that much closer, right? And I feel like a lot of those relationships came off my hard work, right? So I feel like in a sense, when you go into these organizations, you kind of have to prove yourself, right? First and foremost, people want to know you're dangerous. And once they know you're dangerous, like, oh, this person's dangerous and they have potential, they're going to kind of find you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then once they reach out to you, hold on to them. (laughs) Yeah, oh, yeah. Can we meet? The first thing is to hit on. Oh, no, for sure. I think the thing is, the ultimate thing is like, uh, uh, oh, and to uh, JB's point, they hit you with this. Yeah, we need this done in a month's time. And be like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to try and get the month. And then you hit it on their desk the first week. And it's like, so, and they were like, oh, oh, okay. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, you know that's that's just something I'm good at. So from now on, anytime those big decision meetings go, oh no, we want hero in that group. We want hero in our. Group. You want to be the person. I should like basketball. You want to be the first person picked up off the court. Like you, you don't want to be that last person to the to the. Hero, so. hero. Anybody pick you up on basketball court, bro? Hey, I am a all around rebounder. I am not selfish with the ball, and I do the pick and roll screen perfectly. And he can box out. Pick and rolls in the street. Pick and roll, baby. The gun's going to pick Hero because they know he's going to pass it to him every exactly. time he get an offensive board. Yeah. No, there's no reason for me to protect. He kicking, unless he I, unless right I, back I out to you. If I'm on the right side of the rim, directly underneath it, I am not going to pass out. But if I'm on the left side, I'm kicking it out. There's no reason for me to out here display my skill set. Stick to what you know, Black, and that's, what, and that's why I'm a good leader because I know what I'm good at. Dennis Rodman got how many rings without any points? He had points though. He can score. He just he just wants that type of dude. Now nah, you don't need to score in that personal name on the team that you that call Michael Jordan. And plus, you couldn't score because of Michael Jordan one pass on the ball. 
Hey man, we're not doing this again. <laughs> I don't fuck with that nigga, man. Fuck time. All right. So then another aspect of this for chapter three before we hit chapter four is the production and results base. Hey, how important my shoes, how much what is he saying? Oh, we saw it. That's why I said you you if 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 Hood Rich was a person, look at his 20k, he acting a fool out here. Yeah, I got my I got my 20k. I'll show them. Fuck out. <laughs> Y'all see, I bought me a jag. <laughs> oh, man. Let us see that odometer. Let us see that black. <laughs> yeah, black. You should have put I'm all of that into Dogecoin, black. You wasting your money. You need to put that in Dogecoin. Uh, my Dogecoin. I bought my Dogecoin in January, fam. I'm good. Y'all, you to the moon, moon. Okay. I'll just keep buying more every time it drop back down. That's the best way to do it. Same thing with Bitcoin. Bitcoin's down $28. I think that's perfect. Yeah, I'm not bad. Yeah. Uh, you said, the, it, you said uh, down to $28? No, it's down $28. Well, it went down $28. Yeah. yeah, I wish I would waste my money on Bitcoin. I ain't got no yeah, money like that. Not? You got to have big dollars to invest in I mean, Bitcoin. Yeah, to buy one, it costs $60. So I'm I'm gonna, gonna, I'm gonna, oh, no, that's about one. You got to go with the fraction of share. You gotta go with the old, fractional I'm share. Clearly. Clearly. I got, I got some, I got some coin that's worth less than a penny right now. That X, X, uh, X, uh, XRP, but they under investigation right now. Yeah, they're under investigation right now. So I'd be careful with that one. They had a big, they had a big, big spike like three years ago. And they had another one on uh Monday. Oh, I didn't pay no attention. They came back down, but yeah. The second part is the uh, production and result-based result influence. From now on, people will follow you through the results and your achievements, not as much as your leadership with your followers. So that's something that's super interesting to me because it does make perfect sense that people will follow the results. The person who comes up with the best results is going to get the leadership roles, which creates this competitive nature where you got to be sort of cutthroat. Or are you going to be coming after people? What are some ground rules that you have when, when dealing in this competitive realm? Like, are you a no-holds bar? Are you open to uh, everyone eating? Uh, from the, I can speak for myself from the healthcare standpoint. It doesn't benefit me to be the only person on the team who knows how to do a certain particular skill. Because that's not going to help save everyone's life. And if there's two people who know what I'm trying to accomplish make surgery easier but from a standpoint where you're a sales rep and you got to outperform on your other teammates do you give them pointers do you help people along the way like how confident are you in your skill sets i don't know speak on that uh jb yeah so it's funny you brought that up because uh i was actually just talking to uh one of the one of the uh agents that i was coaching <coughs> and we were talking about like I'll give you my whole game plan. Um, even if you was like an agent down the street, I'll give you my entire game plan because you can't, you're not going to execute it as well as me anyway. But if you got questions, I'm always here to answer. But I want to see everybody do well. It's enough out here for everybody to eat. Like, I don't care. You know, it's not like I'm going to give you my game plan. You're going to overtake me. I'm, I have that much confidence in my ability. But to this position, it also. <coughs> It also is kind of crazy, like, when he talk about the levels of leadership, people will follow you with influence and they'll follow you with relationships um, so far. Like, you ain't really got to produce anything. Like, we ain't produce nothing. And how far will they follow you until you've produced anything? And, I mean, we really kind of saw it with Trump. Like, they're <laughs> they going to follow you if they like you, if they, you know, based off influence and, and um the relationship if they agree with you basically you ain't got to produce nothing uh, that is a good point trump would be considered to be when it comes he's not his leadership skills are poor but he is a good leader because from the standpoint of getting people to follow him he's mastered that he's mastered getting people to just blindly follow him and that's the type of shit that you look for 75 million people 
did that shit. Uh, Rob, what about you? Uh, how? Do, what is your perspective when it comes to taking on a leadership role and, and having to compete with people around you? So I'll start with your point earlier that you made when you, when you mentioned you left the company because the guy above you was, was only two years your senior or two years older than you. That's one of the things. So in my profession, right, a lot of people reach a point where the question becomes, oh, why don't you leave and go to a specific company, right, so you can get paid, right? But if you think about that realm, so you leave public accounting where there's no real ceiling in a sense. I mean, there are some nuances and some things to talk about, but just keeping it in general, there's no ceilings. From going from a realm like that to a particular company, like I would just name one, Apple, right? There's only one CFO. Yeah. Right? So yeah. regardless of what you do, if that CFO is doing what they're supposed to be doing and they're getting the results, that CFO isn't going anywhere. So if your aspiration yeah. is to be the CFO of Apple, it ain't happening. Right? Yeah. So take, taking it back to my reality and my profession, it's like for me, like JB mentioned, we all can eat, right? I'm a manager right now. Mm -hmm. If if I can tell you something that's gonna make you shine in front of the people above us, I'm gonna do that. And I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna do that behind closed doors, right? It is cutthroat in my profession. I have seen, I have seen people throw people under the bus just so they can look good. But for me, it's like, man, me adding a little bit flame to your fire doesn't take away from mine. So I'm gonna do that, right? So so, it, but, but I, I want to butt that because there have been times when people try to throw me under the bus and make me look bad. And I had to give it back to them in front of those same people they tried to make me look bad at. Because it's like, no, before I, before I pass something up, I make sure I, you know, I, um, I dot my eyes across my T's. So now you're trying to make me look dumb. Now I'm going to make sure you look dumb. And this is a, you make a great point because this is an aspect of the book that he hasn't talked about up till chapter six. What happens when people hating on you? Like, like what happens when you're trying to be a leader and they're not, and people, the universe is not allowing you like, <laughs> and by the universe, I mean, like there's, there's clearly a lot of like bias that comes into it. I tell people this all the time, the hiring, the hiring of uh, position in this, the bringing people on board into a company is in itself innately racist. And people are like, what do you mean? That's what, how can you say it? I'm like, uh, I have I I've been I've been invited to interviews where I know I am just the the affirmative action uh, uh, hire like I am the person who is being brought into the interview process to make the other three seem more plausible. Oh, okay. Look, we do have this highly educated black man who has all the qualifications, but he's amongst three other people who are white, uh, whatever. So. I've I've also taken time to be on like those interviews like oh okay um yeah I don't want to go through with this interviewing process oh why I'm like because you're three weeks into your interviewing process and you're just now calling me like uh if I was a highly qualified person I should have been at the top of the list along with Becky June and Gunther like there's that should have been a simple discernible thing and when people peep game and I caught up on this well you know it's it's just that things get lost translation you literally have an algorithm that helps you pinpoint keywords in people's resumes to see if they're worth hiring so like I'm a manager so you can't use those tricks tricks and tactics on me and I try and tell that to people all the time do like take stock in how you're even being courted could you imagine going on a date where they don't open the door for you they don't they don't they don't offer to pay none of that shit jb go so i <clears throat> i quit a job for that reason before they brought me in for a management interview and we go through the whole interview and we come back down to sit down you know i was asking her you know i get it i get it she said we still interview i said okay i get that so then she bring me in to tell me that that she wasn't going to give me the position. And her reasoning for that is she thought that I had more qualifications than I did have. I said, you've had my resume since I started here. You know, and she she ain't had I, 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 You knew what I've done previously before I came here. So my qualifications shouldn't have came up. Anyway, you know, it took me about two weeks and I was out of there because I just had to figure out, I'm like, what else is next, man? 
you, 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 that was, I'm not playing this game. Not gonna play this game. No. You, <clears throat> you, you gotta know me, your value, right? You, you bring me in for an interview, you better come up with something better than you thought I had more qualification. You could at least told me the other person was more qualified or something, but you say you thought I had you you thought I had more qualifications than I had. Like my resume is sitting right there. It tell you exactly what I've done. Uh, it, it's it's a tiring process. It's definitely is it's it's a struggle. But you know, I, I I'll tell this to people all the time. Like, especially the two like I, I hired I hired three black women for this for the nursing nursing traveler position, and a lot of them were super skeptical. One of them was just out of nursing school. One of them was like had been on the floor forever. And I was like, all I need you to do is to just do your job because. As long as you're doing your job, I can defend you. I can defend you. Like, I can tell people to go fuck themselves in meetings. Like, I can call them out be like, hey, last time we had a black employee, you said some same similar shit. And you chased their asses off. And everybody started looking like, yeah, Bob, what, what's that all about? Heroes got a great point because they know I don't care. They know I don't care. So I come in here. But I do realize that like, hey, it is my responsibility to, like, before... They hate me. Hey, they hate me. <laughs> they hate me with a because every time from... <laughs> they they hate and they hate the fact that they paying me like big money. Like, hey, I be in that meeting, they be looking over like, all right, we need to get everyone's vote. And then they be like, they be deliberating amongst themselves, and it's time to vote. And then I'm like, I don't got a vote of confidence. And they're like, <laughs> did nobody talk to Hero? <laughs> I'm mean, like, nah, go get me some donuts or some shit. Buy me some. Nay. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Yo. Oh, man. It's funny. It's funny. It's, fu- it's funny to have power and actually do good. Like, I don't know if I would have the same, like, energy if I was in a place that I wanted to be because I'd probably be a little bit more concerned. But it's kind of strange that because I don't want to be here and I don't care, I seem to be better at my job for it. Like, like at least dealing from a management standpoint, like obviously when I'm doing surgery, I'm super dedicated, but it's so surreal to see a position where it's like, I, I literally be telling them, y'all can fire me whenever y'all want. If y'all don't like the decisions, I'm making. But then they have to face that reality. Like it's a, it's a pandemic. He's doing numbers for us. He has to hide. There's another thing that pisses him off. I have a hundred percent satisfactory rate with all my patients, and they can't figure it out. They can't figure it out. You know, just like it's the new rag in the chain. Scared of your big ass. That too. <laughs> that too. <laughs> and you give me five stars, or else. And also, I'll be filling out the ones that don't. They don't write. Fill in. I fill it out myself. <laughs> fill out myself. <laughs> But no, yeah, we did, chapter we four. Surprise! We had an all-black branch. People just letting you cut their organs out and shit. They be wide awake, scared to the motherfuckers. <laughs> they be blinking at me. <laughs> he wrote. He wrote like you know how Doctor Strange started out cutting. Like when you cut my brother, he played music. He wrote playing Jeezy in the back. Goddamn right. Jeezy <laughs> <laughs> like the drink. Hey, 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 back there. Maybe three in the morning. It's three in the morning. Take your old ass, please. Hey, you want to know something? Hey, you want to know? Hey, true, st- true story, black. I was in the middle of a surgery, and I had this, this old, this like this old preppy ass nurse. Probably had to be in her sixties, man. She, she hated everybody. When I do my surgeries, I only, I only need three people. I don't need a nurse. Um, and I knew she was gonna complain about the music, but the rule is in the hospital, the person who's doing the cutting gets to pick the music. And you know I had back that ass up and everything from 2007 on my <laughs> shit. Like I wasn't I'm not I'm not I'm not misinformed about it. Yo, so she comes in and she turns my music down. And I stopped the surgery like, yo, who's who's the DJ? And she was like, "Well, it's just very loud. I can't really think. You ain't even doing shit. You just sitting at the computer." Turn, what you got to think about all day? Turn my music back up. <laughs> I'm doing this shit. <laughs> So she, she refuses, right? She refuses, right? I say, call the charge nurse in here. Charge nurse, 26-year-old or whatever. She come in, what's the problem? I said, hey, yo, I need a new nurse. And she's like, 
uh, Betsy, just can you manage the front for me? I'll take over from here. And he's like, she was like, she was sitting as he said, she was like, we literally give her the easiest jobs in the building because nobody likes her. I said, she still find a way to fuck up. Like, it's just crazy. They just so waiting crazy. on her ass to retire. Like, they are. They are. She, <laughs> she, she always, you know, right when COVID hit, she was on that. I feel like this is my new purpose. Bitch, you've been here for 60 years. <laughs> go away. Go. You should have played that Jesus. That long got to play something. No, black to your point. And this is and this is and this is something that they talk about in chapter four as we go on to it. The ultimate test of leadership. You can't kiss ass all day in hopes of getting a position. Like kid, like trying to be this bougie. Uh, all the leadership, bro, that's all cool and stuff, but it's not going to get you a secure position. If you're not a person of the people, the people will reject you. And I think that's what happened to her. Like, she she constantly used to do cardiac thoracic. All cardiac nurses make $80 an hour. So she so she was making bank. Most cardiac nurses move up to uh, the ICU from that point or into a charge nurse position. But because she didn't have a fan base she didn't develop nobody below her she didn't make herself approachable and she constantly tried to push people out of her position in order to protect her position she lost out on leadership roles so chapter four talks about that a little bit the ultimate test of a leadership leader of leadership i think the ultimate test of being a leader is literally seeing if your style works does if you gave your style to someone else would it work for them because it could be a you think, or it could be your skill type thing. What do you think about that, JV? Now they talk about that a lot in sport. <clears throat> a lot in sports, where great players they don't pick the best talent because they a lot of times when you're so good at something, you just be like you just assume like, hey, why can't you just do that? Like, do it this way. And for a long time, it really took me a long time to understand that because I I just did well in school, so I didn't understand like. What you 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 can't do this like it? Why can't you pass? And for a long time, it took me a long time to understand. Like, no, nah, you just get it. Like, you get that. And it's different. It's been different situations. Well, so for me, it's always now figuring out where can I meet people where they at when I'm whether it's tutoring or whether I'm working as working with them at a, on a project or as a leader. Like, I just meet you where you at because I know where I'm at. Carry that extra to pull us a little bit further than I do that. But um, to get the best out of whoever I'm leading, I need to figure out where you at and how far I can push you. Uh, That makes sense. Yeah, you know, motherfuckers learn different ways when it comes to a lot of shit. If it's multiple ways of learning and doing it, and you know them all, like, it comes too easy in the way you know it, but you're able to tell them in a separate way for them to understand. Like, remember when fucking this cat was like, you think you know you think you think know how to teach the class? You want to teach the class tomorrow? I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. And then I was like, oh, y'all understand? See, saying like that. No, it's it's just a difference in a, in a, in a learning. Uh, great point, great point. What about you, Rob? What is the aspect? What's your perspective on this? I think I think JB and JB and Blackhead did on the head. It's different strokes. It just comes down to different strokes for different folks, and finding out and finding out what works for them. And if you know it so well, can you teach it in a different way mm-hmm. that they can digest? No, I, and, and I'll say this: uh, when we talk about certain skill sets, and Rob, you can speak on this. It's what aspect of your 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 leadership skill that you have. That you feel could translate, that like you could translate to any field, any position. What aspect of that leadership do you feel you could translate to any field or aspect that you want to take part in? I would say, hmm, hmm. I don't know. I feel like I feel like if, if I had to assess my leadership skills, I would say my ability to lead within the group and not lead ahead or on top of the group, if that makes sense. Oh, like I'm willing man. to put in the work with you. Okay. Like we have this goal that we have to reach. We're going to reach it together as opposed to, hey, y'all go do this because we got to do this. Nah, man. I'm going to be in the trenches with you. Okay. Roll up your sleeves. 
What about you, Black? I mean, JB? Uh, relationship building. Uh, for me, it's just being able to <clears throat> build a relationship with my team inside and outside of work. Um, but also being able to keep, like, we still understand, like, the hierarchy. The hierarchy is always understood. But at the same time, like, I'm not throwing around my weight. I just, if I got to relay a message, I got to relay a message. You understand where I'm coming from uh, because I'm I'm very transparent and vulnerable as a leader too. So it's not, <clears throat> for me, it's not like, uh, I got a leader too, right? And, yeah. and I don't mind you knowing that path, that hierarchy and that path to leadership. At the same time, I don't mind telling you exactly how I got to where I got to. Um, and showing you how to get here. Like, I'm not worried about you taking my position. Like, I'm confident in what I'm doing, so. I think that uh, my my strongest skill set is in, 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 in installing confidence into people I work with. I, 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 put, I make it so that everyone that I work with feels confident that Hero will back me up if I do this. Because I set the ground rules to be very clear. Do your job first. Second, if you have any questions or anything, comments, concerns, I'm open 24-7, seven days a week. You, you can't not call me. Literally, you can't not call me. So, but like, but by the time you call me that second, third time, I hope that you started to realize that I'm confident in whatever you're doing. I'm not there when you're when you're cutting someone open. So if you're seeing something that I can't see, I'm gonna tell you make the best decision that you feel necessary because I've already imbued you with the confidence you need to do your job. So I'm so a lot of times I notice that people could reach out to me are people just seeking validation. So I like to be able to give people their validation. Like I want them to feel special. Everyone on my team feels special. We got a special chant. We got a special wake up call. We got special ringtones. Like it's the little things for me. Like it lets people know like, dang, where'd you get that ringtone? Oh, that's 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 how you know heroes looking for you. That's that's the how you know uh, uh, someone's reaching out from our team. And it's just those little things that help embody uh, team first mentality. Like I, it's always about the team. No one's better than the team. Um, another part that they bring up is uh, personal influence based on respect. Um, there's level uh, like level like the. There's like he, in this chapter he talks about the the five levels, and um, level five is like based off respect. A few of them are sort of like we've spoken on, uh, we've spoken on them a few times. We were stopping already. at four. We were yeah. stopping at four. Yeah. You said the five levels of leadership. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> um. But yeah, we'll stop. All, we'll stop at five. All right. Um. It says, uh, and just so we can uh, make sure we get this whole entire statement. Five levels. So the first one is position people uh, follow versus that one. We talked about the permission of leadership, which we kind of base on influence. The third is production and results. We talked about that one. People development, which is what uh, we already spoke on, but the influence based on respect. What type of do you have a relationship with your work uh, as a leader? Do you need to have a relationship outside of work with your uh, with your workers? You don't. I don't think you need to, but I think it takes your leadership to another level. Uh, <clears throat> I think, and I was reading a book on like it's uh, the Trillion Dollar Coach, and his name is Bill Campbell, and he was. Um, He's like a lot of people, a lot of the people that live, work in Silicon Valley, a lot of those tech gurus, Apple CEO, Steve Jobs, they give him a lot of credit for their success because of uh, what he talked about on leadership. And he went down to something as simple as, as a leader cursing around your, your employees because of what it brings from a level of vulnerability and them, them like seeing you as a regular person because um, they'll come to you more often with an actual problem. Like, oh, he's a cool dude. Like, I'm gonna come to him with actual issues. Know how you curse though. Right. Watch how you <laughs> see. See, for me, I just I let everybody else do it. I'd be like, it's cool. I I done been through situations already at work. I I'm very 
tight. Like they they don't even know if I curse. Like it's they curse around me. Like that's cool. Like, bro, like what? <laughs> I'm 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 tight. I'm, I'm not buttoned up right now. Like, <laughs> but <laughs> hey, it is what it is. Is it is it strange that I hit them with this? Like when somebody comes to me, they're like. I, first, are you coming at me? Are you coming at me on some, on some HR type shit? Or are you coming at me on some work type shit? And they'll be like, HR type shit. I'm like, all right, Carl, come in, come on in, close the door. Like, how can I help you? Like, and then there's other people that come to you also. Now, this is awesome. This is awesome other shit. I have to see what's good. Hey, Betsy and Rule 206 I am. Relax, calm down. <laughs> like, like I, but I have to, like, I feel like the reason why I have to do that is because I, I, I wear a very mute face at work. Like, I don't give people the opportunity. No one knows anything about me outside of work. Like, I had a whole podcast. Only the, only a few people know, like, oh, I got a podcast and stuff like this because I know the that some of my some of my hot takes can be definitely can be blown out of proportion. But I think more importantly, uh, it gives me that barrier of something that I have that I don't need to, that it's just for me. Working in house is super separate. Now there's people that I go to the gym with uh, that I work with. And I think that that's uh, on a whole nother level because it's just self betterment. And I also have, a, and it's true, I have a better, uh, I have a, a more respect for those people too. But I think something that I want to incorporate, hopefully when COVID goes away, is instead of having these weak ass pizza parties, man, I know we get a $200,000 budget for like bonuses and shit like that. Like, if instead of us doing 10 pizza parties uh, a year, I'd rather just put all that together and take us all out to top golf or bowling for a night. Drink on the, drink on the, on the company's tab, man. It's, I don't give a fuck. Go ahead. Whatever. Like people, people would be more inclined to do that and a little bit more respect, like the Christmas parties and all that shit. I would cancel all that shit just to have those one-on-one events where it's just me and my team and we just kicking it versus, Okay, uh, I'm at work in a suit instead of scrubs at a Christmas party with bad macaroni and raisins and that shit. I'm good. I'm I'm good. I'm good. I don't know. <laughs> now, I did, <clears throat> did want to get into that uh, chapter four. That's what I was asking about. But we were stopping at uh, no, chapter, go, go to chapter five. You when want you to talk about when you talk about change in chapter four. Um, before and i was really trying to apply it to the world we live in right because you got all of these people talking about how the world's changing we wanted to change and one of the things he said like ain't no change really occurring if it ain't cost you nothing and you got all these people like that caucasians especially right that think that they behind the cause but what does it really cost you what is it really like what have you really been a part of in in the movement? And that's a big that's a big piece of it, right? Like if you just sitting around some talking heads, you know, um, you ain't really doing nothing from a change standpoint. I didn't even think of it. Oh yeah, like, absolutely. So like, you know, um, this is gonna, it's gonna take a bite and to fall on a sword. Like you just don't have to be like, this is what it is. I don't know, but you know, it's gonna take a lot of that. To, to say, I, I'm hoping to see that he talks a little bit more about accountability. That's something that's super important to me. When when your team is not doing well, uh, you, you tend to want to find something within the team that might be holding you up. And the reality is, it could be your ass in the way. Uh, I think one of the things that I was trying to do when I first got to my position was change a lot of things that were familiar to them versus changing things one at a time and when i and then i used to sit here and be like this process is easier than the last one why are y'all still messing up and the truth was it's because it might have been a new uh, easier process but it wasn't one they were used to letting people and and that's when i said oh i don't need to tell people how to do their job if you can get from point a to point b and it requires you to take 20 extra steps so be it but if you ever have a question on how to make it easier for yourself here it is. But whatever makes you happy, go do that. As long as you get from point A to point B, go do it. I don't care. But like 
you should also keep in mind that my job is to make it easy for you and give you the tools you need to make your job easier. But I'm not about to sit here and tell you how to properly cut, how to properly dissect. Like if you want to take your time around that artery, hey, please do, because I don't need you cutting that artery in half. But I realized that the type of leader I have to be is a leader that just facilitates. Like I'm playing zone. I can't play man to man. I think a big part of like incorporating that change too um, is like being open with your team about what the change going to look like. Like being honest, like I don't truly know what the change going to look like. Uh, you know, we might change some things and have to revert back. You know, I want to get us a trial period, see what that look like. But if you just making changes and it's not working and you try to make another change to fix the last change, then you're making another change. You're going to lose a lot of people because it's like, you just changing stuff. Like you don't even know what you're doing um, instead of being open in the front end. Like we trying to see what this look like. After we see what this look like, then we gonna have to, we might have to make another adjustment um, and letting your team know what the process of change actually feels like. Cause they the ones implementing it. It's just you calling shots and, and seeing what the data come down to. They the ones doing all the change. Yeah, for sure. You gotta be able to, do you think it's important to be able to do the things that you're asking people to do? It is important to, because, to, be able to do it or for them to at least be feel, feel confident enough that you could do it. Right. Like you, because there's, is, is there a certain aspect? Like, I don't know if this is like, if this breaks down into each uh, group, but like, say for example, uh, I'm only good with pulmonary lungs, right? If I asked uh, someone who was really good with hearts, even though you should be good with both, he's only good with hearts. So, I can't really tell him how to handle that heart. That's his expertise. So, but I brought him on our team because that is his expertise. So even though I don't have a fundamental understanding of like, I have a fundamental understanding of what he's doing. I wouldn't be as proficient as him, but I'm still in charge of him. Like you see that a lot in tech business as well. I see. I think that's a big part of like fully explaining the whole thought process as to why you asking for what you asking for. So, like, if you say, like, I, I will need you to handle that differently because it affects my job in this way, you know, how can we come to something? And I think that'll be more so a, a compromise type of deal. Like, okay, well, I can do that, you know, or they could tell you, no, nah, I can't do that because that's what this is what it does to my to me over here. So that's what I'm thinking. No, Rob, what about you? How do you feel about approaching people on your team or in your group that, you know, you can't really like uh, if there's a, a a separation in knowledge between the two of you and still having to lead them. I think I think oftentimes it happens a lot, um, but I feel like those serves as opportunities for you to further equip them with the tools to make them a better version of themselves going forward. Right? There's oftentimes where I have people on my teams um, testing certain accounts. Right? For example, and they've never tested these accounts in their lives. And I feel like at that point, the onus is on me to make sure they not only can complete the task, but more importantly, understand the why behind what we're doing, what we're doing, because understanding that why is going to make them dangerous, not just now, but kind of just forward looking. So if you're a leader, you're supposed to, if there is a knowledge gap, gap, close that knowledge gap, right? So you can have someone who can potentially replace you in the future. So you can go ahead and do something else. Get that director position, you hear me? But no, I think uh, that 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 kind of sums it all up for us. And at the end of chapter four, that was a good thing. Is there anything else you might want to throw out there? No, I think uh, the reason I read a lot of these leadership books, and I think it mentioned it, but that's another book I've been reading: Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. Um, the real, the biggest thing with leadership for me is like, it all starts internally. Like it all starts with me, um, the way I communicate. Um, and he talked about it a little bit. Like if you don't communicate something until you fully know, like, can you explain it in multiple ways? If I explain it this way, will somebody else understand what I'm saying? Um, and do you truly understand what you're saying? But a lot of it is like, where are you leading from? Are you leading from a position of strength? Are you leading from a position of compassion? 
uh, are you being, you know, truthful, honest, all those things. So it's all, it all starts with self. You, a lot of, a lot of leaders like to blame the team for why things ain't going the way that they going. But, you know, most times it's because of the, because of the leader, cause you ain't figured out how to maximize the team that you got. Uh, there's, there's something, uh, and before we like end up on this, there's one thing I used to hate and I hope to never do is <clears throat> constantly push your team to be to to be better. If, a, if your team is doing their job effectively already and there's no pressure, hey, just leave your team alone. <laughs> like, I can't tell you how much, how annoying it is that I used to get these surveys to be like, what is something you learned? There's nothing I've learned. I've been doing this job for two years now. That's the max. That's it. There's not, unless y'all put in something new, that's it. Take the heart out, put the heart back in. Like just sometimes, sometimes people don't need to have uh, a revolving door of criticism or even critiques on their job. Hey, you could have done this. It does like, or this, or this statement, it's not a big deal, but you could have done it. If it's not a big deal, shut up. <laughs> yeah, so t- to that point, um, you know, last thing we had a uh, enterprise location. Me and my boy, we was he was the manager, I was assistant manager, uh, and we knew we had like the perfect process and everything, perfect team, everything we had in place. We we got the team to a certain level, everybody kind of doing their thing, but leadership would steady come in and like always tell us what we need to do differently, what we need to do. But we knew we was gonna get to our numbers. We just had to phase out a lot of the bad past numbers so we would always talk to our team after leadership left like don't don't even listen to what just happened just keep doing what y'all doing because we know like we know we what we doing is working and we'll keep taking the hit for it for for what they saying like you know it's it's not on y'all what they talking about it's, it's coming directly to us so you know we'll keep taking that hit we want y'all to keep doing what y'all doing we know what's working we can see what's working so a lot of times you're too far away to even be able to, to know what the process is going on. No, you got to have more confidence in your other leaders. That's all. Really? Really? Uh, I don't know. Did we? But, shoot, hell. Yeah. That's been uh, the wrap up. This has been an episode where Black has been present, but hasn't been present. Sort of <laughs> like a good leader. You gotta, you gotta do these things sometimes. Let your employees know. And as Black is the head head honcho in charge of this book club, it's good to see that as a leader, he let us lead the way. So Black, thank you so much for for letting us lead this this conversation. Uh, but I hope you guys uh, take care of yourselves. Uh, it's been cool. Does anybody want to plug something? Anything anybody doing? Nah, I ain't got nothing going on right now. Too much going on, actually. Yeah, I'm gonna hit the mall up, man. I've been listening a little bit. Are you gonna I know, I know the, the shit ain't the stream ain't gonna juke that ain't gonna juke that high without me feeling and talking a lot of shit. But next week is fine. Alright. So next week we'll finish. I would go to Rivo. Like, like I said, if you miss me, I'll be back next week. <laughs> Full action.